You're listening to episode 18 of the Physical Education Podcast. Today you're going to learn about the elaborate ways in which your brain tries to discourage you from changing your life and the simple methods you can implement to finally overcome pain. Hi, I'm Pierre Morant and you're about to learn about the hidden and often misunderstood causes of chronic pain. For 15 years I suffered with chronic pain with no cause or end in sight. I tried everything I could find but was often left with unanswered questions and conflicting advice. So I decided to take matters into my own hands and to become a physical therapist. I studied everything I could about pain, about the body, and about health. Along the way, I realized that the solutions to my pain and health issues were within me. I didn't need someone to fix me. I needed to reclaim ownership of my body and fix myself. More importantly, I needed to fix myself while honoring and understanding my body's own wisdom and capacity for self-healing. Since then, I've worked on bringing this knowledge to others in pain combining pain science, psychology, biomechanics, nutrition, and neurology to provide the light bulb moments and self-awareness to take control. Because eventually most people in pain realize they need to understand the bigger picture of what causes chronic pain. The purpose of this podcast is to help you see and navigate that bigger picture so that you can finally reclaim control of your health and overcome pain once and for all. So last week we looked at the topic of identity and how to be the kind of person that could overcome pain. We looked at how your identity, you know, your characteristics and your beliefs may be keeping you stuck, maybe keeping you stuck in pain. We talked about working in reverse and how we need to be first, then do and then have, because most people think in terms of have, do, be, so they think, um, if only I had this, then I could do that, and then I would be happy. If only I could have a pain-free body, then I could do the things I want to do, and then I would be happy. And as a follow-on from, from that from that discussion that we had last week, I'm going to talk about the best strategies that I know of to change your habits, because while we need to consider first and foremost our ways of being and our identity, you know, we need to address that first, one of the most tangible and productive ways of creating change is by analyzing, understanding, and changing your habits. So uh, the first thing to understand is what we call habit voice. You know, if you've ever tried to abstain from something or to start a new habit, you'll be familiar with that voice in your head. You know, it's that one that has built, you know, it built, builds the most solid and convincing case for why you should, in fact, uh, ignore your new ambitions and just eat the damn Mars bar or, or skip the grueling gym session, uh, we call that habit voice. You know, it's, it's that really, really reasonable, sometimes really reasonable voice that's trying to convince you to keep doing things the way you used to do them or to take the easy route. And it's the voice that wants to keep you as you are. Uh, where you are now is safe. You know, we, we talk a lot about the brain and nervous system, particularly when it comes to pain, it's, it's all about safety. The body feels safe with what it has now. It might not be great, but it's familiar and it's safe. And anything different, even though that might seem great, uh, represents uncertainty and it represents per perhaps a threat to your safety. So where you are now, as much as it might be unpleasant, that does offer a sense of safety to your body. And, and where you want to go, you know, the life you want, a pain-free life, uh, that may threaten your safety on some unconscious level. So um, the thing with habit voice, you know, we can give it all this power, but it's it's just a stream of consciousness. It, it's only a thought or it's a series of thoughts and it only has as much power as you grant it. So if you think about, if you think about the amount of thoughts that you have as you're walking down the street, most of these just pass in and out of your consciousness and you never dwell on them again. So I mean, you can try this if you're walking, if you're driving, whatever it is, you'll notice tons of different things, the cars, people, sounds, lights, whatever is happening, but it just passes through your consciousness and you don't think about it. And, you know, later on that day, you won't remember it and you don't need to remember it and you don't feel bad about not remembering it. Um, so all these things just sort of pass through and the you know that voice that habit voice those thoughts are technically no different now they can pull on your heartstrings they can they can have an emotional charge to you and and obviously there's a reason why they're they're cropping up for you but 
you can let them simply drift off. You can let them come into consciousness and let them pass. The key really is to dismiss them and then shift your focus elsewhere. Because, and this is, this is really important, you should write this down if you can. If not, it's going to be in the notes anyway. But I want you to remember this, is that you can't want what you're not thinking about. So it's hard to want something that you're not thinking about. But then when you think about it, obviously you want it or if, if it's something that you're likely to want. So it, it probably seems a bit overly simplistic, but um, yeah, it can be that simple. It, it's a matter of shifting your attention elsewhere and, and realizing that a lot of these thoughts only have as much power as we grant them. And they are no different really uh, from the plant in the corner that I'm ignoring, the picture on the wall that I'm ignoring at the moment, you know? It's all just stuff in the environment, stuff that's being brought to my consciousness that I can easily dismiss. And we're going to talk about talk about that in, um, in more detail. And the other sentence or sort of thing I want you to remember is that you are where your attention is. So it's, it's a simple strategy of changing your state, changing your, <coughs> excuse me, changing your mood based on your attention. And it comes with practice, but if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling run down, whatever it is, if you're focused on your pain, you are where your attention is. So what if you shift your attention? What if you shift your attention towards feeling good, towards something positive, towards whatever it is? Um, it can be a really powerful thing and, and with time that will become convincing. So um, I remind myself of these two things regularly. So you can't want, want what you're not thinking about. That's the first thing. And then you are where your attention is. And so when habit voice pops up and tries to discourage me from doing my new good habits, I simply dismiss it and I shift my focus onto something else. And it, it could literally be anything. Just focus on the nearest object to break that link and, and to move on to whatever you can. And so, um, like I said, it could be absolutely anything. Something comes up and you're worried about work, you're worried about whatever, you're worried about money, you're worried about your pain. Straight away, you're shifting your focus onto anything. I'm shifting my focus now onto the, onto the chopping board, onto the plant, onto the sky outside, onto the trees, onto a bird that just flew by whatever it is, and you might do it to a few things. You might hop, 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 and just find something that you can just kind of immerse yourself in and break that link, sort of silence and dismiss that habit voice that's that's discouraging you from doing things, from doing the things that you know you need to do. And it, it does become easier with time, and it, it may sound, it may sound, again, too simplistic, and it may sound ridiculous, but it, it can be that easy and it, it does come with practice. So um, back to this, this idea of dismissal of habit voice. So I, I made the distinction of when the habit voice shows up, I dismiss it versus ignoring it. So the important distinction is to dismiss rather than to ignore because ignoring is acknowledging it and trying not to pay it any attention. With dismissal, you simply move on to other things. You brush it off, you know, and you go about your business. You don't give it any power. When you're ignoring something, you're giving it a certain amount of power. Um, and a lot of this is, is sort of conceptual. It's, it's very much for you and it's subjective. I want you to think about it in the sense of, I'm just brushing it off and I'm just orienting my focus elsewhere. And you just keep doing that until, until you've broken that loop and it gets easier and easier. So. If you're unsure about what your habit voice would sound like, there are some sort of general themes that come up. So the first one would be uh, cynicism, and that would be a lack of belief in your ability to change or improve. Um, so just being generally negative, dismissive, whatever it is, oh, I can't do that, you know, uh, you, you know, don't bother, that sort of thing. Um, another one is perfectionism. Which can sound which which can sound really really reasonable, and it's it's just a feeling or a need for perfection, and it's basically you're never taking action because you're waiting for quote the right time. Um, see this in in jujitsu, for example. Um, 
people don't want to start because they want to wait till they're fit and they're like oh you know it's not the right time i won't start today you know i'll start next week i'll start in a year you know i'll get fit this year and then i'll start or whatever it is we've all got these reasons for why now is not quite the right time and um you can it's very easy to pass that off as you know look i'm i'm a stickler for high quality and i just i don't want to do it unless i do it perfectly but uh, that's often um, habit voices really elaborate and really convincing ways of discouraging you from doing something different and keeping you in this safe uh, life that that it's familiar with so perfectionism you can look out for that in your life um, that's something personally I, I, I dealt with a lot for example even with this podcast uh, it's changed a lot from the start and it's it's gotten better in terms of production value in terms of having an intro in terms of having music in terms of having all that sort of stuff and if I just waited until I had it all right and I still don't have it all right for example yes this is a more specific example I'm, I'm having someone record uh, or edit an intro video for this and I'm in the process of negotiating that with that person and I could easily have said oh I won't record this this current podcast until I have that which would put me off for at least a week and not all that sort of stuff but I've become aware of my perfectionist voice that would discourage me and said no it's fine I'll just do this now and the next one will be a bit better because I'll have that and you know because if I didn't do that I wouldn't have 18 episodes of a podcast. I would have none because I'd be waiting for the perfect time. And I think it's better to have 18 imperfect podcasts that have some degree of value to someone than to have nothing and and to keep putting things off. So pay attention to perfectionism in your life because it can sound really, really reasonable. And um, that's if you feel that come up for you, a lot that's a nice avenue to delve into again going back to our last episode this episode is very much a continuation from the last episode you want to delve into these themes that come up and say where does this come from why do i have this need for perfectionism you know and and you can delve into that and that can be fun now the next um kind of theme you want to look look for in habit voice is negativity you know it's why bother this is pointless and it, it basically talks you out of doing something by devaluing it. And you'll see this a lot in sort of making fun of people, you know, laughing at people who who are trying to be better. You know, there's there's certainly this trend of, uh, not a trend, but it's uh, it happens a fair bit that you'll see people doing things to, to make themselves better. They're exercising, they're eating well, they're doing whatever it is and you're just like oh that's stupid oh why would you bother oh there's no point uh you know why would you do that whatever it is and it's just this air of negativity and always finding a negative slant on things and that could be that can be really tough and again a lot of these things you're going to see them probably in others before you see them in yourself and it's that negativity like when you're around people and there's always a negative slant on something and it, it gets really draining um, and you know there's reasons why they say that you know you need to surround yourself with ne- with positive people and people who uplift you and how you know people do tend to outgrow each other you know there are people that I'm for example I'm no longer really close with because we obviously have different priorities and um, <clears throat> luckily I haven't experienced this to uh, in such a great extent but I know people who Basically, it's, it's become quite clear that their friends don't really want them to change or grow and they're not happy for them when something good happens. You know, you get a promotion, you're going to pursue this, you have a new interest in whatever and it's exciting for you and they're like judging it or they're, you know, they're seeing it negatively and they're, you know, they're put off by that and that, that negativity and it's, it's really sapping and it's, um, like I said, you're going to see it in your friends or people you know probably before you see it in yourself but look out for that look out for that immediate negative slant on something you know something good happens and you're like yeah well you know we we never know what what might happen you know or things could still go wrong and i find this i still have a certain amount of unconscious 
negative spin. So for example, if I do my, um, my visualizations, I tend to visualize, you know, the things I want. One thing in particular, uh, let's get personal. One thing in particular, I, I really want to build a house. I've had this, I used to want to be an architect and I really want to build a house one day. And so I've built it in my head. I've designed it in my head. I've drawn blueprints, physical, you know, crappy blueprints, and I have it vividly in my head. And so part of my visualization is I just walk through that house and I live in that house. And what, what tends to happen a lot is that when I'm doing these visualization, visualizations, something bad happens, like someone robs the house, someone, there's an intruder, there's something bad. And I'm like, this is so annoying. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm often, f there's, there creeps in this negative slant on it. And I've delved into it and I, I understand the reasons for it. And I won't go into that um, because maybe that's too personal. But you, I can't remember exactly what, what point I was making, but um, the point is that this negativity, it can be really permeating and it can be really, really deep. And a lot of these things, they work at conscious and unconscious levels. So the first thing you're going to conquer usually is the, con the conscious negativity, the conscious perfectionism, the conscious uh, cynicism. And you're going to see that it's ridiculous and you're going to say, okay, yeah, but then they're still going to creep up unconsciously, say in your visualizations or say in your unconscious habits. So there can be a fair bit of digging and exploring with these things. But again, it starts with awareness and conscious awareness of the issue, and then you can tackle it and go deeper and deeper. So like I said, negativity is a really, really big one. And it's just, I, th I think part of it can be cultural as well. Um, I don't know, in Ireland, we seem to like taking each other down a peg, you know, when people do well, there seems to be, you know, a lot of, a lot of slagging, we would say a lot of making fun of people and it's all in good fun and it's all sort of the culture, but, uh, that permeates. And I think that has more of an effect than we realize. And, and what you, you have is what you seem to have is a lot of just kind of unnecessary negativity that I think can hold us back. Um, so there's some food for thought. Now the next um, sort of characteristic uh, theme you would see <coughs> with the habit voice is defeatism. So um, basically you question your ability uh, to achieve or perform something. And you, you might say, you know, who do you think you are? Who, who am I to even do this? And I went through this a lot. Um, you know, who am I to be talking to you about pain, about back pain, about whatever. I mean, I've trained for it and yes, I've got all this amount of experience, but there's someone else who has an extra year of experience and there's someone else who has an extra 20 years of experience. And there's someone else who maybe just has more confidence in themselves. Point is, you'll often feel like there's someone better than you or, you know, why bother? Because, you know, you're probably going to lose anyway, or maybe you've always lost in the past and why would this be any different? But, uh, you know, things like uh, imposter syndrome, and you might have that maybe in your job, you might have that in in sports or whatever it is, or yeah, whatever you do. But it's this idea that who am I to be doing any of this, you know? Um, and another thing that, that goes even deeper and deeper is learned helplessness. And it's essentially a state where you've simply accepted defeat without any struggle or retaliation. So you've, um, you've, you've resigned yourself to failure and nihilism and, you know, what's the point, you know, we're all going to die anyway, you know, we're all just, and it's an interesting thing that you see a lot nowadays with, I think with the progression of, of science and, you know, space and we're like, you know, who are we? You know, look, the universe is so huge and I'm just this little speck and it doesn't matter. And there's always, there's always um, sort of like a fork in the road when you have these realizations. You can either be like uh, defeated by that or be sort of uplifted and, you know, you know, how lucky am I to be living in this versus, you know, I'm, I'm pointless, I'm meaningless in all this and my life doesn't matter. Um, so you want to 
look out for that defeatism and that that one might be one that's sort of obvious um to see and a lot of that can actually come down to your uh, internal physiology particularly the learned helplessness when you're a, in a state of chronic physiological stress when your body is is um, basically chronically stressed and your hormones have changed your physiology have changed has changed you can induce this state of learned helplessness where everything is pointless or you feel like you can't succeed like you don't have any power in your life you could try your best you could do everything you can but it's never going to work because you are the victim and you're you're trapped in this system that you can't control um and again that's that's this huge huge topic but all of these issues all of these kind of tendencies are on some level rooted in chronic physiological stress because if your body is low on energy and it's unable to use energy properly then it's hard for it to think clearly it's hard for it to think rationally and it's hard for it to think critically you know it's going to uh, default towards more negative more protective more safety based ways of thinking so um i'm talking a lot about the ways of thinking but we we can't forget how much your internal physiology sets the stage for your ways of thinking so i just thought i should um i should make that point now the next big thing that you want to look out for uh, to kind of reveal habit voice in your life is complacency that's thinking you know everything and that you're maybe above doing certain things and looking down on others achievements you know anyone could do that and uh, saying things like that you know oh, that that's easy you know or again why bother and you know i could do a better job and being dismissive as a way of shielding your own inadequacy and again you can look at look to people you know look to friends look to people maybe people you don't like uh, that's even easier again and see that come up you know they're always dismissing things or like ah oh, you know or, or they're, they're thinking oh I, I don't need to do that i don't need to work hard i'm fine and it's it's it can be a way of shielding yourself from failure you know it's hard to fail if you don't even try in the first place and now i'm wishing i I'm wishing I remembered uh, it's Homer Simpson quote, but it's something about not even trying in the first place because if you don't try, then you can't fail. Um, so yeah, that's another big one. The next one is escapism. Uh, so habit, habit voice questions the reason for doing things at all. You know, it diverts your attention to things that are quote, more important or, or to something that seems related, but is easier. That's, that's a really key point, you know. I have to do this, but I, I could just do this. I mean, uh, it's just as good. I mean, it's a bit different, but it's just as good. And you know deep down that it's not as good of a uh, um, an option. So, I don't know, take, take um, exercise as an example. Um, I'll go for a run. Oh, it's raining. Oh, I'm not really feeling too good. I'll just go for a walk up and down the stairs or I'll just... I'll go tomorrow or whatever it is I'll, uh, I'll I'll watch an exercise video you you find th those are probably bad examples but you find something that um that is marginally easier that appears to be roughly the same but you can justify on some level that oh it's it's the same it's an equivalent but it isn't um and ag again it's this really elaborate way of your body just kind of uh protecting you and it can also come in the form of, um, you know, it's the path of least resistance. It's immediate gratification. So, um, you know, it's it's um, that, that experiment with, with children. I think they have like a box of donuts and they're stale and it's, it's, you know, you could eat one now or you could wait 10 minutes and you could have two donuts and they'll be fresh donuts and whatever. And your ability to have the discipline to wait for the fresher donuts and wait for the bigger reward and, and delay gratitude so again look for that in look for that in others look look for that in your enemies look for that in your friends and look for that in yourself and begin to build a picture now the final kind of main theme that you see from habit voices well, i'm not even sure if it's a word but i have it written down it's delayism it's you know you question 
the need to do it now. You know, you can do it later. It's essentially it's procrastination. You know, I'd rather do something else. It's not the right time. I don't have the money right now. And these can seem really fair and reasonable, but you have to ask yourself, and that these can be hard because sometimes there are genuine reasons why you can't do it right now. You know, you're at work and you're like, I'm gonna get fit. I'm gonna go on, on a run. And maybe you can't go on a run then. So obviously that's a reasonable excuse, but it's gonna sound like, say on a Thursday, you're like, look, I need to, I need to change something. I need to do better. I need to start exercising. I need to start eating well. I'm starting on Monday. You start right now because that's delayism, that's procrastination. And there's no real reason why you should start on Monday. That's that's a construct in your head. Or even worse, it's like it's August <laughs> and you're like, I'm gonna I I'm gonna say a jujitsu example because I hear of those all the time from, from the club. Um I'm gonna start jujitsu and you're like, It's August, you know what? I'm gonna start jujitsu. I need to do this, I've been wanting to do this, I'm gonna sign up in January. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna wait four months to sign up then and like I get it like I'm not even making fun of it I've been there I do that I did that uh, I think I signed up for jiu-jitsu in November to start in January and then I started in March <laughs> um, but I've stuck to it and now I do it all the time but you know I went through that you know the classic get the idea and even then I've been putting it off and off and off but the point is you begin to recognize that and you begin to notice and overcome it consciously and then unconsciously and then it becomes automatic. So I've found that I've found I've found sorry, I've found that simply being aware of these strategies can be enough enough to to stop them from derailing your efforts. So a lot of this is hopefully I give you the awareness of this, you notice it in your life, and then that gives you a second to pause and change direction. It gives, it gives you an opportunity to course correct and that, you know, snowballs into better outcomes over time. So um, many of these things, sorry, I misspoke. Let me let me check, check my notes again. Again, this is why I need notes because I will ramble and go off topic. So uh, yeah, like I said, many of these, many of these excuses essentially seem reasonable. You know, they're really reasonable. I don't have time. I don't have time is a big one. Um, so it's easy to go along with them without giving them a second thought. And so now that you're aware of them, I want you to seek to find them in your day-to-day -day life. And once they show up, I want you to use the simple strategies to move past them and to stay on the right path. And you'll find that the more practice, uh, the more you practice these, the easier it becomes. So again, it's that, it's that idea of shifting your focus, um, turning your attention to something else when something uh, shows up in your head and and I think it you're gonna find that it's surprisingly easy to do that uh, when something and this is more for bad habits like oh I want to eat ice cream shifting your focus it can be surprisingly easy and surprisingly effective so the idea of shifting your focus uh, as well as having increased awareness of your your ways of avoiding positive behaviors that's the first step in this process to notice the habit voice and you know become familiar with your habit voice because it's, it's different for everyone and you can give your habit voice a name you know a sort of Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing that's a, an exercise that maybe I'll do in another episode but um, you know you have your I forget <laughs> Jekyll's the good one Hyde's the bad one <laughs> I forget either way the good one is obviously the, the good habits that you have and that you need and then the hide is, you know, it's that that side of you that comes out every now and then and that you know if you let that side of you win in five years time, in a year's time, in whatever amount of time you would you would be in a, in a crappy situation. So that's that desire when you wake up some mornings to just have pizza for breakfast and then sit on the couch all day. And again, obviously, with all this, there's always nuance, there's always individual interpretation because sometimes maybe you need to just eat pizza for breakfast and lie on the couch and not feel bad about it so i'm not saying it's a simple good and bad clear-cut thing but you need to you need to know yourself you need to know your jekyll and hyde you need to know your habit voice to notice it and um to begin to change it so hopefully um 
you know you should know what what bad habits are holding you back from being from being the person you want to be so you know you've got this goal of being pain-free and all the things that come with that hopefully you at this point you have a sense of what's holding you back and what steps you need to take to get there um, if you don't you may want to listen to the last episode uh, again if you've already listened to it but listen to that and do all the accompanying exercises in the resources that are there are writing and self-reflection exercises and they're going to help clarify that for you but some examples of the most common uh, negative traits that we can have that are holding us back are we touched on this a bit before procrastination going to bed late seeking instant gratification lack of commitment that's a really big one lack of consistency another really big one and then small things well not necessarily small but too much time on social media again that can be that can be a huge thing for you maybe too much time on social media i certainly benefit from minimizing time on social media um but again hopefully you should have a good sense of which of these negative traits um affect you the most and now we can talk about strategies you know so first step is we have a, an awareness of how our habits manifest and how our habit voice directs our life to keep us safe and to, to essentially prevent us from getting better on some level and uh, now we can talk about eliminating bad habits and after that we're going to talk about introducing good habits so this is a very simple template for eliminating bad habits and this is going to be in the resources and the first point is to pick uh, one habit that you want to eliminate and it should be obviously a habit that would make a difference to your life and I would say pick one versus pick 20 or pick five start with one start small and give yourself some easy wins to get the snowball get things snowballing um, the second thing is it can be helpful to make a, a declaration about eliminating this bad habit and you can sort of create an unbreakable standard when you make a declaration so you can say i always go to bed at 10 p.m you know i practice my breathing every day for five minutes you want to make it a positive statement and you want to declare what you will do rather than what you plan not to do so i always go to bed at 10 p.m rather than i never stay up past 10 p.m or i never go to bed late you want to make it a positive statement and you want to declare it you can write it you can declare it to the world whatever it can be really helpful to sort of um embody what you're doing and to give it a, a physical manifestation um the third point is to uh make just make a decision again it's the same as making that declaration make a decision this is what i'm doing um and you just decide i'm doing this now rather than i i suppose you know i'll try and eat healthier you say i'm going to eat this 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 i know you know i eat healthily now positive statement and you declare it uh fourth point is to deal with doubt and you, you sort of want to address the parts of you that don't want to uh, let go of this habit and we touched on this in the last episode so again if you haven't listened to that and if you haven't done the resources the exercises you're going to want to go back and do that and that's going to look at what you essentially gain from holding on to this habit so procrastination for example is is a big one what do you gain from holding on to procrastination to continue procrastinating well you gain um safety from failure because if you don't begin to do the thing then you can't fail the thing again homer simpson quote i'll have to find that that quote um you know so if you don't do the thing in, in the first place then you're, you're not going to fail or you're going to put off failure because maybe you feel failure is inevitable but at least you put it off and you're putting off that negative experience um so you sort of want to deal with that doubt and you know what part of you doesn't want to quit that bad habit and it's helpful again we touched on this in the last episode in the resources you want to think about where you're going to be in one to five years one year two years five years if you don't quit you want to paint a picture of a life that you want to avoid you know because we all know and i said this earlier we all know that if we just indulged every little weakness in ourselves where we would be in six months time in a year and five years 
how drastically things could change and how much worse things could change or how bad things could still be because maybe you are indulging that voice and that's really painful for you and maybe the idea of because you're always thinking well it's going to be different then maybe the idea of knowing that in five years you're going to be exactly where you were but you're going to have a bigger hole to climb out of um maybe knowing that um well certainly knowing that is going to be helpful and it's going to give you something nice and concrete to know what you're avoiding and again that that comes down to having a very clear goal and having a very clear idea of who you need to be versus who you want to avoid being and becoming so the next point point number five is to give yourself time to change so it may take months um perhaps years perhaps several determined efforts over years so perhaps you'll try it and then you'll fail and then you'll try it again and you'll fail and there'll be gaps of months in between um but it's a journey um and that's something i've touched on a bit before and i'm going to do another podcast on eventually you sort of have to embrace and accept the fact that this is a journey and that health is just a continuous effort um you don't attain health once and then we've got it and then it's in our hands and then we never let go of it we need to keep earning it on a day-to-day basis so you you sort of there can be a mindset shift there of accepting that a lot of these things are going to take time and one thing i've personally found helpful is i think it's called the kaizen method it's this idea of being one percent better every day and i'm not always one percent better every day sometimes you go back and sometimes you sort of stand still and sometimes i don't really think about it and it's just another average day but the point is I'm better than I was six months ago and a year ago and five years ago and so on. And you're generally trending in a positive direction rather than standing still. And you're simply, you're accepting that it's going to take some time. It is possible to do it really quickly, but it may well take some time and you need to sort of accept that. So in terms of, you know, apparently scientifically what it takes to eliminate bad habits, if suppose you're perfectly disciplined, uh, apparently it takes an average of 67 days to eliminate a bad habit or create a new good habit. So that's without, without fail, if you're consistent for 67 days, that's the average. It can take as little as three weeks. I think it can take up to three months and obviously it can take years because again, sometimes you fall off the wagon and you keep trying and it gets easier and easier, but it's a struggle over time. But um, the point is to understand that it's going to take time and to just accept that and, and not discourage yourself. Uh, so point number six is to recognize habit voice. Again, that's the first part of this episode. You want to recognize that chatter and that pressure to give in and um, to notice the stories you tell yourself and the justifications, all the rationalizations for why you shouldn't do the thing that you know you need to do and a certain amount of it is always going to be there you know for the rest of your life you know there's always going to be that voice that says don't don't jump into the cold water um but you know and that's that's just life again maybe there's a mindset shift for you there accepting that a lot of these things are going to be lifelong struggles i don't want to say the word struggles because that's maybe a strong word and that's maybe giving it too much power but some of these things are just going to be lifelong efforts and you just kind of need to accept that that life is always going to be challenging in some way but that's a positive thing maybe you can put a positive spin on that now point number seven uh, is that setbacks mean nothing so you're going to well I don't want to say that you're going to have setbacks because you may not have any setbacks and that would be perfect that would be ideal but realistically it's quite likely that you're going to have setbacks you're going to fall off the wagon you're going to take on too much too soon or you're just going to be overwhelmed by other things in your life and you're not going to be able to keep up with with your efforts the really important thing at that point is to not give that any meaning not give that any power so there's always you always sort of have an option when things happen to you with how you process. You have thousands of options with how you process and interpret that. Um, the key is to not let that derail. So if you're you're going on this diet, whatever it is, you're eating well, and then you binge on something 
Uh, to be honest, if, if you're feeling the need to binge, then there's probably something wrong with your diet. And that's a bigger topic. And that's something that I can refer you to other people who specialize, specialize in that. But suppose, you know, you're eating well and then you binge and you eat lots of chocolate cake and whatever. And then you're like, oh, I'm a terrible person. I'm a failure. I should just kill myself. I should just give up. Um, that's a bit extreme. I hope that doesn't come to mind for you. Um, but that can happen and that's obviously not productive. And uh, what you can do is like, oh, okay, I slipped up. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the chocolate cake, good cake. And I'm just gonna get back on the wagon. I'll get back on it tomorrow. I'll get back on it now. You know, don't put it off. Um, but just, you know, try and control the way you interpret and the, the power that you give these things and ensure that they don't, when setbacks happen, don't give them this power to completely derail you, derail your efforts and devalue your sense of self and your self-respect. Um, yeah, point number eight is to dismiss rather than ignore. So you're going to have urges, you're going to have uh, desires to do something to eat, eat the chocolate cake Um, try to dismiss that rather than ignore it. You know, ignoring could be like, I'm not going to eat the chocolate cake. I'm not going to eat the chocolate cake. Uh, versus dismissing is like swing your attention elsewhere you know just shift your focus onto something else get yourself busy and i i want to sort of make the caveat that cravings you know intense cravings for food i think aren't necessarily something that we want to ignore i think they're generally fairly reliable signs that your body is lacking something unless you've got some really really severe hormonal disruptions um i can't go into specifics on that today and probably in any episode for now because i i feel i can't do it justice but what i will say is if you find you get intense cravings for things you know dismissing isn't necessarily the thing to do maybe you need to look deeper and see why are you having such intense cravings because maybe your body is sending you signals that it needs certain things because your body is very very smart you know, that's a point I make a lot is that you, you trust the wisdom of feeling sleepy, of feeling thirsty, of feeling sad, of feeling angry, of feeling whatever. But when it comes to hunger, surely that's just a ruse. That's just some elaborate ploy to sabotage and kill me. You know, we got this really disordered way of thinking about how we eat. And that's, um, yeah, like I said, that's a huge topic. So uh, you shouldn't necessarily dismiss that, but the general rule the general way we want to approach eliminating bad habits is to dismiss and to shift our focus rather than ignore rather than ignore that urge um so when your habit voice chimes in simply dismiss it brush it off your shoulder say yeah yeah and um <laughs> you know direct your focus elsewhere and yeah that's the final point is to move your attention simply redirect your attention to anything or series of things until you break the habit voice loop and just keep moving and it can help to have a series of things that you think about and you can plan this out and say anytime i think about that i'm going to shift my focus to this i'm going to do that i'm going to go for a walk i'm going to get up off my desk and walk around i'm going to text a friend whatever it is just get into a habit of breaking that loop in some sort of positive way now um this is I don't know, do you call this a mantra? Maybe it's a mantra, um, but it's a framework and it's something I want you to write down if you can, but again, it's going to be in the notes, so don't worry, but it's something you can re uh, remind yourself of on a regular basis, and it is, you are the thinker of your thoughts. Sorry, I'll say that again. You are the thinker of your thoughts, and being the thinker of your thoughts, you can think whatever you want. And the point of this is that your thoughts are your own and it can be very easy to feel like you are at the mercy of your thoughts. And if you're at the mercy of your thoughts, it's usually because something is disrupted internally. Uh, there's some sort of um, chronic physiological stress that's making you prone to negative and unhelpful thoughts. But ultimately, supposing that you address that, you are in control of your thoughts they're your thoughts and you can 
direct them and you can control them and you can manipulate them and it can take practice but the point is that you have that capacity and so right now maybe you feel like you're at the mercy of your thoughts you know if something hits you if something comes to your awareness then you're stuck in that um and it may very well feel like you're stuck in that but ultimately you have the power to break that cycle and to change those thoughts because they are your thoughts uh, but like I said, there is a, a physiological, nutritional component to that. Um, but there is also a simply mental component of you need to realize that you can change your thoughts and you can control your thoughts. And that's going to come with practice. So as you begin to implement all of these strategies, it's going to become easier and easier. Um, so that's the basic formula for eliminating bad habits. And now we can talk about creating new more helpful habits and these are the habits you're going to need to succeed and this goes back to the question a very important question that we posed in the last episode is who do you need to be to have the outcomes you want and so you ask yourself who would i be what would i do and how would i feel if i already had fill in the blank if i already had a pain-free reliable body um you know, how would I feel? What would I do? Who would I be? And we work from that point of view. So who is that person? So I'll, again, I'll use myself as an example. So now I'm at that stage where I've overcome the pain. And so who am I now? I'm more disciplined. I'm more, I'm more compassionate towards myself. I'm less stressed. I'm more able to just kind of trust the flow of life and just kind of go with things and not feel like I need to control everything I'm more active I do the things I want to do I don't overthink things as much I go on a hike I go to the sea and I go swimming in the cold water and I I, 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 I actually eat more <laughs> um, and so you you paint that picture of who you need to be so this is who I've become now and I wasn't those things before. So I needed to bridge that gap. I needed to become that person. And so you want to identify the habits that help you bridge, you know, from who you are now to who you need to be. And so examples of these, the habits that you need to implement could be things like a daily mobility or movement routine. So at the height of my um, pain, I had no, I had no positive relationship with my body uh, no awareness of my body I had no movement practice I didn't really exercise anymore because of the pain but then also I had no you know I'd stopped sports but I also had no physical existence that sounds silly but you know I didn't stretch I didn't move I didn't have any awareness of my body my body didn't move in a variety of ways throughout the day every day and um, so I needed a daily mobility routine I needed a movement routine I needed to reconnect with my body and I think that's a non-negotiable thing we need to be able to inhabit our bodies we need to be able to be comfortable and aware and in control of our bodies so that's sort of as far as I can tell a non-negotiable thing um I needed a breathing practice I didn't have a breathing practice I had terrible breathing issues and I just had no awareness of my breathing and that's something I have now and that's something I work on now continuously um, I didn't have high quality sleep whereas now I still have room for improvement um, but I have far better sleep habits I didn't have that then um, better nutrition uh, sufficient nutrition so these are things that we need to implement and there's a very important distinction between good nutrition and sufficient nutrition again I've talked about that in nutrition podcasts in the past um but it's this idea that you can eat well but maybe you're not eating enough or you can eat badly but you're eating enough and what you want is to eat well and to also eat enough um but yeah where are you now is nutrition something you've been neglecting is there room for improvement um and that can be a hard one to realize because we tend to think we're doing the right thing because there's so much terrible information on nutrition so go back to my episode on nutrition for pain for clarity on that but 
uh, that could be something that you need to change. One positive habit that you need to implement is to eat better or to prepare your meals so that you're not always hungry, so that you have a regular source of energy to keep, to keep stress hormones down. Maybe that's a habit. So to deconstruct that, that could be a habit of, I need to prepare my meals every night. I need to prepare four meals for the following day or five meals or whatever it is, you know, that's, that's what it might take. Um, and so that could be the habit is to get into food preparation and, and implementing that. Uh, things like time outdoors, uh, planning and following a schedule. That's a big one. Do you have uh, self-integrity? Do you, Can you follow a schedule? Can you do something from start to finish? Can you manage yourself or do you need someone over you telling you what to do? Uh, so these are all positive habits that you may need to implement in order to get where you need to be or where you want to be. Uh, so that's just to kind of get you thinking, get you um, get you having a sense of, of where you need to go and what you need to do. So now this is the template for starting a new habit. So the first thing is to choose a simple habit. You want to pick something realistic and manageable. So again, suppose um, a major part of your um, pain is elevation of stress hormones, anxiety, poor sleep, and you've got a, a, a not so ideal diet, a simple habit would be food preparation. You know, making sure that you've planned the week so that you know what you're eating and you know when you're eating it and so that your body always has a source of energy so that it doesn't need to rely on stress hormones for energy because if your body doesn't have energy, it needs, it needs to keep going so it'll release stress hormones. So I found that that was a major factor in my own pain. I've seen it a lot. Uh, it doesn't tend to be acknowledged, but that could be a, a way of addressing that. Rather than saying, I'm going to change my diet, maybe you pick something very small, like I'm going to pre prepare my food, I'm going to plan my week of eating, and I'm going to know what I'm eating. So that's a simple habit, every night food preparation, or maybe two, three nights a week food preparation for a couple of days. Uh, so the second point is then to control your environment and your micro habits to facilitate your macro habits. So things like having your gear ready to go, your gym equipment ready to go, have your food prepared, as I said, have your alarms and reminders set for the week, uh, remove distractions and temptations from your site. You know, it's all fairly basic stuff, um, but make sure it's as easy as possible to complete that task. Um, and the next thing would be, point number three would be to write the new habit down and to define it very clearly and to define its parameters. Uh, you wanna make it specific. So for example, you could say, I'm going to do 711, which is a type of breathing, 711 uh, technique of breathing for five minutes every day while on the bus into work. So that's your very clear, clearly defined parameter of this new habit. So you say that rather than saying, I'm going to do some breathing every day. You know, that's vague. You don't know when you're going to do it. You don't know how much you're going to do it. And it's very easy to dismiss. Um, whereas if you define it clearly, uh, you define the parameters, you define when you're going to do it, it's much easier to do it. Uh, another example would be, I'm going to switch electronics off at 9 p.m. and go to sleep at 10 p.m. every night this week. Very, very clear. You know exactly what you need to do. You know exactly when you've failed that standard uh, versus what you might be inclined to say is, uh, I'm going to go to bed earlier this week, you know, or I'm not going to go to bed late this week. You know, it's very vague. You know, it's open to interpretation. It's very easy for habit voice to come in there and be like, ah, what's late? You know, it's, it's happy hour somewhere. <laughs> uh, sorry, bad joke. Uh, you know, but basically the, 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 um, the clearer it is, the clearer, the more clearly defined the parameters, the harder it is for that habit voice to come in with rationalizations. And it's also just less effort for you to stick to it because you know it's like a pre-made decision. You've made that decision already. Oh yeah, I'm on the bus. Okay, yeah, I do my breathing. Versus, oh, when will I do my breathing? Will I do it now? Should I do it on the bus? Oh, yeah, I won't do it on the bus. I'll do it, maybe I'll do it. And then you don't do it. So then uh, step four is to do it for a week. So simply plan to do it for a week 
and just conquer that first and, and then we're looking at doing it uh, over time and I'll talk about that later. Uh, point number five is to track the habit. Um, it can be really helpful to have a visual res representation of your success or failure um, because it makes it much harder to dismiss and to ignore the fact that you've failed. <laughs> and so there are apps for that, you know, things like a habit tracker, there's a streak app and it's like, you've gotten a streak of seven days, here's some, here's a thumbs up and a dopamine hit. Um, or you can just do it on a calendar. You can cross off the days on the calendar, whatever. Simple things like that can be really helpful. Um, point number six is to create a habit cue or a time cue or some sort of activity cue. So you want to tie the new habit into something you do already, such as br brushing your teeth or taking the bus or doing the dishes. Hopefully, hopefully you brush your teeth every day. So that's just effortless. You just do it without any thought and you can tie, um, you can tie the new habit to that. And that's something that I, um, this is actually quite an interesting point is that I, for a while, I was uh, training my grip strength for jujitsu with one of those uh, gyroscope ball things, you know, you spin it, and it, it's like it's trying to fly out of your hand and you have to hold on to it and spin it. Um, and so I, I, my breakfast was I would boil eggs. And so that's six minutes, six minutes. So I have a timer for six minutes. I throw that on and straight away I use the, you know, the ball thing. And then I changed my breakfast routine. I wasn't eating boiled eggs anymore. I was eating pancakes because I was moved up in the world. I was eating milk powder pancakes and suddenly milk powder pancakes they require different you need to be cooking the whole time you don't get to you know do something else for six minutes so straight away that habit of training my grip strength was gone and it didn't resurface in any other aspect of my life and i just haven't done it in months <laughs> which i mean it's funny again and that's going back to um you know not giving the failure any power over you you know i could easily say oh i failed you know, because I'm not boiling eggs anymore and I, you know, I should be training my grip, but I can laugh about it, you know, and not beat myself over, over it because it's, it's not that big of a deal, you know. Um, so that's, that's, I think, a good example of how I had some other habit. You know, I eat breakfast every day. That's something that's easy for me to do. I do that all day if I could. And it's easy to incorporate something into that. But as soon as that easy habit change then the tougher thing which is training my grip strength just fell off and I just completely forgot about it I didn't even realize initially that I'd stopped doing that and then I was like oh yeah I used to I used to train my grip grip strength while I was uh, making my eggs but anyway just some food for thought for you there uh, another thing you can do in terms of uh, creating cues is to set alarms for specific times of the day that remind you to do specific uh, things so you could have an alarm that says do your damn mobility at whatever time and you can set that um that can be helpful sometimes it's actually kind of annoying you know your phone telling you to do your damn mobility and you can maybe be defiant and say i won't do my mobility um so <laughs> maybe find what works for you in terms of that and then the final point is to repeat 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 because repetition is the mother of all learning and that's what i said um, because I mean, realistically, you may have some setbacks, you may fall off the wagon, but just keep going at it and it will become easier over time. And repetition is just going to ingrain these new habits. And the final thing is to start right now, you know, don't put it off. You know, maybe you're listening to this, you're feeling so motivated by my monotone, motiva motivating voice. And, uh, you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my life next Monday of next January, whatever it is, um, I get that, but don't do that because that's your habit voice um, discouraging you from being a better person. So now what I would encourage you to do is to work through the resources um, in the resources section uh, to get a, a good sense of your bad habits and then to get a sense of the habits you need to adopt and how these all relate to your, to your identity. So again, this is going to tie in very nicely to the last episode, so make sure you've listened to both of these. <clears throat> and you want to get a very clear, very clear picture of who you are, what influences are there in your day-to-day -day life, 
how do they dictate your life how do they dictate your outcomes and how can you change those in a very pragmatic very pra practical way in a very clear concise way because we don't want to leave this up to chance we want to be very clear and intentional with what we're doing and why we're doing it and it can be very easy to just dismiss and be like oh you know it's all sorts of forces in my life i don't know i just go with the flow yes go with the flow but maybe know how to influence the flow you know that's that's something to aim for so uh, you're going to find that as you go through these exercises you're going to gain further clarity on your pain and how it's driven by your behaviors and beliefs so gradually you're going to see opportunities for change in your day-to-day -day life and you'll begin to steer things towards the life you want thanks for listening to this episode of the physical education podcast if you're the kind of person who likes to help others then share this with someone in need if you found value in the information here, they will too. So please share this in whatever way you can. If you have any questions, you can email me directly at pa at thebackpaincoach.net. I may even use your question for a future podcast episode. If you'd like more information to help you overcome pain, be sure to follow The Back Pain Coach on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and to join my newsletter. The major turning points in my own recovery have come from changes in perception and through learning more about myself. I believe that we can help others by sharing information that expands their minds. Finally, I'd greatly appreciate if you could leave a positive review on iTunes or Stitcher so that others may find this information and you can play a positive role in their healing journey. Thanks again for listening.